He is the Ancient of Days. In Daniel chapter 7, we've been studying the book of Daniel. And uh, we're going to look in chapter 7. You know, there, there's a prophecy of seven. I'm going to teach that one of these days. Just give you a little teaser. There's several things in, with the number seven in the Bible, isn't there? And seven is the number of completion. And so in the seventh chapter of Daniel, he describes the ultimate place that we're going to go and where we're going to be and who we're going to see. And I'm excited about that. I look forward to it every day. I look forward to heaven. And every time one of our loved ones passes and wins that crown, like I sang about a moment ago, winner either way, heaven gets a little sweeter and makes us want to be there a little bit more. But the Bible says in Daniel chapter 7 that there is a God on the throne. And it's not multiple gods. It is one God. He is God. He is the father of Abraham. He is the father of you and I. He's the father of Jesus. And he is the one that created everything that there is. He is three in one. It's the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. All three make up one. And we don't really comprehend that real well. But uh, at least I don't. Maybe someone can better than me. But I know this. God is God and he is on his throne. He allows people to do what they will. Even in the beginning in the Garden of Eden, he put a tree there that would give them everything they needed. But he put another tree there that he said, this one is forbidden. Of course, what did they do? They went after the one that was forbidden. And here still today, we have the same thing going on because it's human nature. It's human nature to go after the forbidden things. And so we have to learn from other people's mistakes. And we have to learn from our own mistakes. But Daniel looked into heaven. Daniel looked from this world into heaven. God allowed him. He opened up this vision for Daniel to see into the throne room of God. And the Bible says, Daniel wrote these words, I beheld until all the thrones were cast down, and the Ancient of Days did sit, whose garment was white as snow, and his hair on his head like pure wool, and his throne was like the fiery flame, and his wheels were like burning fire, and a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. Thousands, thousands ministered unto him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The judgment was set. And the books were opened. And I beheld then, because of the voice of the great words which the horn spoke, I beheld even then until the beast was slain and his body was destroyed and given to the burning flame. As concerning the rest of the beasts, they had their dominion taken away. Yet their lives were prolonged for a little time. And I saw in a night vision, and beheld, I saw one who looked like the Son of Man. He came with the clouds of heaven, and he came to the Ancient of Days. And they brought him near before him, and there was given to him dominion and glory and a kingdom. And all the people of the nations and languages would serve him, and his dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall 
shall never pass away, and his kingdom that which is shall not be destroyed. This is Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ is the one who will have dominion over everything that's here, everything that is. God, the Ancient of Days, is sending another part of Himself, His Son. He sent Him to be our sacrifice. He sent Him to be our Savior. And now He's going to send Him to be the Lord and the King of Kings of all the world. This is going to happen. It's recorded in several places. The oldest book in the Bible is what? Job. And Job said, On this earth my Redeemer again shall stand. And we say, I quote that a lot here at Union Valley because I want people to understand that we are not here just because of some religion. We are not here just because of some philosophy. We are not here because we think we're better than the world. We're here because we want to be a part of the one and only kingdom that will last forever. We want to be a part of the one and only kingdom who loves us enough to forgive us of all our sins. There is only one, and his name is Jesus Christ. You know, the devil wins a lot of victories, but we shouldn't give him as much credit as we do. The old devil is powerful. There's only one of him. He is not omnipresent. He cannot be multiple places at one time he sends demons out and they scatter around the world but I'm beginning to think most of them are right here in America today in 2020 I don't know but I'm beginning to wonder they've been scattered all over the world but all of a sudden America's going crazy chaos and evil and burning and rioting and looting and murder and beating people up and killing little babies and little kids. I can't understand it, but I do know one thing. The devil thinks he's going to win, but he is going to hell. He is going down. Now, we need to be on the right team. It's hard to pick the right team. I'll tell you one thing. <clears throat> I'm not all that impressed with the little cardboard cutouts at the ball games. And I ain't paying no money for one of them to have my face on it. But I do like it when I'm on the right team, don't y'all? Don't you like it when your team wins? I love it. Especially when it's grandkids or you know, your alma mater or something like you some reason you have a connection, right? Maybe it's the Oklahoma team, you know, whatever the connection is. Uh, I love it. And you get excited. I mean, I have used to get so excited at ball games it was embarrassing. Sometimes I had to say, I think I better stay home tonight. I'm kind of, you know, getting out of control here. I believe with all my heart that it's human nature to want to be on the right team. And if you're on the team of the one that sits on the throne that we just read about, you are on the right team. And there's going to be pitfalls. There's going to be temptations. You're going to get sidetracked from time to time. But always your compass points back at true north. That is the word of God. I love this scripture. Because Daniel's time and time again, he got to see things, and they always came true. Daniel got to see 
the rise of, of Greece, Alexander the Great. And he described it. And he got to see that happen, and it happened. I mean, it's in the history books. He got to see a vision of the rise of the Roman Empire, and he wrote about it. Now, he didn't name it. He, he described it. And it happened. And I love that. Daniel got to tell Nebuchadnezzar exactly what his dream means. All the magicians, all the soothsayers, all the psychics, none of them could tell him what God was saying, but Daniel could because he knows God. And God allowed him to reveal that. I love reading Daniel. We're studying that in my Sunday school class right now in the book of Daniel. We're about halfway through. And uh, I love reading that book because a lot of what Daniel wrote was for the day we live in today. In fact, there was a couple of times he told him, seal this up, it's for the latter days. Seal this vision up, it's really for the future. And that excites me because if he got all the others right, I'm betting on Daniel's team. How about you? Because I know he's the captain of God's team in this regard. He's the one that's writing down the story that we follow and believe. I love that scripture right there. I beheld until the thrones were cast down and the Ancient of Days sat on his throne. His garment was white as snow. His hair was like pure wool. His throne was like fiery flames. And his wheels were like burning fire. Have you ever heard that song about God's chariot? Swing down, sweet chariot. Or the chariot of God or chariots of fire. Or all those songs that have been written through time about the chariot of God and the fiery wheels. Remember that song, that scripture in Ezekiel where he saw the fiery wheels of God. Everything the Bible says is true. This is a description that I can't comprehend. A throne is not just a chair that he sits on. It's a room where all the mighty angels are around this throne and light proceeds and the wheels, he has wheels on his throne. It looks like fire. It almost sounds like like a spaceship. I don't know what it is, but I get excited every time I read it. Why? Because the unbelievable is believable with God. You've seen miracles in your life. God has touched your life. That power came from that room. The power of God flowing through the river of life, down to his people. What did Jesus tell the woman? I will give you of the water of life freely that you will not thirst again. I know what team I'm on. I know sometimes I disappoint God. Sometimes I don't do exactly what he wants me to do. I try better next time. How about you? But I also know that one day, we're all going to be here together. The Bible says, the very first line of the scripture, I beheld until all the thrones were cast down. You know, there's a lot of thrones described in this prophecy. It says that there will be ten thrones or kings that rule the world near the time that the Lord returns. I don't even know if we'll know who they are. I was flipping through uh, yesterday looking up the world's wealthiest people. That's interesting to look at. 
and some of the family fortunes that have survived down through time. I think the number one in America was the Gerard fortune family, which is now worth $800 billion. And it's not owned by one person, but it is a family fortune. It's interesting to me. You know why? Because if you have $800 billion or if you have a trillion or whatever, you have a lot of power. How many know power is the most intoxicating thing that tempts a human being? But Daniel says, I looked at this vision until all those thrones were cast down. If you have a million, if you have a billion, if you have a hundred billion, if you have eight hundred billion, if you have trillions, guess what? It's not going to stop the kingdom of God. There is nothing that we can do to stop the kingdom of God, and why would we want to? Today, you know, I get accused a lot of being way too political. Maybe I am. But I'll tell you what I believe. I believe Christians need to stand for Christian things. And I, I don't care who the candidate is. I don't care what their name is or what family they came from or anything like that. We do not worship any political leaders, not in church. I'm talking about the church of Jesus Christ. We do not worship people. We don't. What we do, we worship God and we stand for the things that he asks us to stand for. And the number one thing is to love other people and bring them to the Lord. That's the number one thing. Wouldn't it be awesome? Wouldn't it be just amazing if we could bring every lost person in Ada area to know Jesus Christ? Now we know that everyone is not going to accept Christ, but it's our job to go out there as if they are. Are you with me? It's our job to go out there in the workplace, on the streets. <clears throat> we have some fantastic churches in this area. We have some pastors in this area that love the Lord. I mean, I am very impressed with some of the pastors and church people that live right here in our area in the fact that they love the Lord. But I'm going to step out here on a limb just a little bit. I'm going to hang on to the pulpit in case it gets cut off. This little church at Union Valley, when we paraded a couple of weeks ago to support law and order in our town, did you know this was the only church that showed up? That bothered me quite a bit. And I, but I thought, you know, really, it's my fault. I should have done a better job connecting with all the pastors to get them involved in it. I wasn't the organizer. But it bothered me. But at the same time, I sure was proud of you all. Because there was a bunch of you there. And some couldn't be there. That's all right, too. But our church was represented. And it means a lot to me. You know, we're, we're trying to get some... Union Valley t-shirts going and there were three t-shirts back on that countertop 
So we're hoping that uh, we're hoping that somebody didn't wear them home. We can't find them. If anybody knows where the T-shirts are, I'll tell you what. We're all going to close our eyes. And whoever has the shirt can lay it right up here. No question. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, all right. They found them in the balcony. Uh, yay. You know what our very first Union Valley shirt was like 30 years ago? David designed it. He was our official graphics designer back then. And he, des <laughs> he designed it, and it was a chariot, horses in a chariot, and the wheels had fire, just like this. And it was headed up in the sky, and it said, Some trust in horses and chariots. We trust the Word of God. Is that not right? That's how we should live our life every day. I get worried. How about you? You know, we got a lot of grandkids and things. We're all, I don't know if it's possible not to worry. The Bible encourages us not to, right? When we start worrying, we need to release it to the Lord as best we can. Pray about it. Say, I put that under the blood of Jesus. I'm giving that to you, Lord. And we try to release that. Because we trust in the power of the Ancient of Days who sits on his throne, who keeps us and is going to help us face that terrible hour of temptation. He is going to help us through that battle. How many have heard this? If you haven't, if you're, if you're not, if you haven't been through it, you're still in it. It's true, isn't it? The Lord will bring you through it. He is the one. That has the wheels of fire. He's the one that's going to last forever. He's the one that's going to cast down the thrones of all these trillionaires and billionaires and governments and armies. The Bible says that in the last days, in the final war, there'll be so many people that come to that war that it will be 200 million people in that army that will fight against Israel and her allies. The Bible says the final war, war is going to make every other war look like a picnic. The Bible says that the final war that we dread, that we don't want to see happen, the Bible says that it's going to be so bad there'll be places where the blood is up to the horse's bridles. The Bible says that the flesh will fall off their bones. The Bible says that God himself will come in the clouds and the sword of his mouth will win that war for his team and his family. I'm on that team. I'm on that team. And I'm going to stay on that team. The Ancient of Days loves us. I don't know how he could love us, but he does. You know he's got a place he's building for you in heaven right now. If you've given your life to Jesus Christ, he has a place for you in heaven. And I love that in verse 14. He says, there was given to him dominion, and glory, and kingdom, and people, and nations, and languages. Now, here's what I like about that. It's all kinds of people, 
all kinds of languages. That means all kinds of cultures, all kinds of colors, all kinds of backgrounds, all kinds of nationalities. You see, Jesus Christ loves all people. I can almost hear the trumpet sound. I can almost see the sky split open. And I can see Jesus sweeping around the world, gathering up his children. It could happen any day. And then this time of trouble will come. There is going to be a time of trouble like there was, like there's never been since there was a nation. Daniel chapter 12, verse 1. And Michael, the prince that stands for the children of all thy people, will rescue everyone who is written in the book of life. I'm in the book of life, not because I'm the preacher, not because I'm so good or perfect or anything, because I'm a sinner that's saved by grace. Now, my identity, let me clear this up. My identity is not sinner anymore. My identity is saint. You hear what I'm saying? So, yes, it's true to say I was a sinner saved by grace, I'm a saint that still makes mistakes and still once in a while falls short. But I, my identity is not determined by my color. My identity is not determined by my behaviors. My identity is not determined by what school I went to or what state I live in. My identity is not determined by my parents. My identity is determined by the blood of Jesus who is populating a kingdom that will last forever and you can be a part and you can be a part and you can be a part. All nations, all nationalities, all races, all people are invited to be part of the family of God and your identity is not going to be temporary. It's going to be forever. In fact, if you've been saved you already have this identity I am a child of the king praise God we don't worship earthly kings we don't worship any president we don't worship wealthy people we worship the one that's going to last forever who loves all people, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been. We could go around the room for testimony time. There would be a large cross-section of testimonies of what the Lord has brought us out of. I always go back to Saul. He persecuted the church. He murdered Christian families just for being Christians. And if God can save Saul and change his identity to become a child of the king, he can do that for me and he can do that for you. No matter what you've done or where you've been. But today, the psychology of the day, that's the most popular, says, well, this is who I am. God will accept me just as I am. And that's where they leave it. Now, growing up, Boy, we sang that song, Just As I Am, a lot. We still do, don't we? Just as I am without one plea, and that thy blood was shed for me, 
that thou bidst me come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come. You see, it doesn't just stop at how I am. It stops. It continues to where I'm going. I'm going to leave behind who I am. And I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ. He loves you just like you are. Your children, he loves them just like they are. But he wants them to change their behavior. Repent, he said, and follow me. I can't be perfect, but I'm going to strive. And one day, the Lord is going to recreate me permanently. Give me a brand new body. Jesus went in the grave and came out with a body fit to live in heaven. So shall we, and we will live for him and with him forever and ever. There was given dominion him and glory and kingdom and all people and all nations and all languages will serve him forever. His dominion is an everlasting dominion. It shall not pass away. His kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. You see, the earth is not going to be destroyed. The earth as we know it will pass away. The surface of the earth will be recreated. The people of the earth will be recreated and heaven will descend on earth. Isn't that exciting? How many want to be part of that? I'm going to close with this right here. In verse 18 of chapter 7. How many know that if you've given your life to Jesus, you are a saint? We've already established that, right? If you've given your life to Jesus and you really mean it, you're a saint. It's not up to this church to give you a title saint. Jesus did. Saints are not perfect. They are forgiven. And the Bible says right here, let's read it. It's up on the screen. Let's read it. But the saints of the Most High shall take the kingdom. And possess the kingdom forever, even forever and ever. You see, sometimes we say forever, and it means a long time, you know? I mean, when you got married, you said, I pledge my love to you forever, right? Or something like that, forever. And the reality of it is we love people a long time. Till death do us part. But this doesn't just say forever. It says forever and ever and ever. You see, this is the kingdom, Jesus said, the meek. I know I'm jumping up and down and hollering and spitting and all that kind of stuff. And it may not seem very meek. But I want you to know that God knows my heart. And I don't deserve it. And you don't either. But you're going to get to possess the kingdom with Jesus Christ forever and ever and ever. 
if you give your life to him and really mean it. Would you stand with me? Just as I am without one plea that thy blood was shed for me and that thou bidst me come to thee. O Lamb of God, I come, I come. Lord, we're coming to you right now in this room from our hearts. God, we, there is no other God to us. There is no other eternal kingdom. You are the one that welcomes everyone, whosoever will. God, we thank you for it. God, I thank you for forgiving me of my sins. 